Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Playing with Squirrels, a Boy Meets World fun, fa- ooh, fan cast, fan cast, but it is a fun cast. That's, uh, that's, <laughs> that's negotiable, I guess. <laughs> uh, I am joined for episode seven. This is uh, Grandma Was a Rolling Stone. It was released on this date, uh, which would be November 12th, 2017. Uh, well, it was released in... 2000 or 1993 but it's not uh, oh the date that's coming out i was like it's yeah. not november 12th no no, no. the date the date that the uh the episode came out uh and i'm joined by uh probably the person i've lived with second only to family uh the most uh jeff shropshire who was definitely one of the people that was a must get on this show from the second i came up with the idea for it um you know you'll hear him again i guarantee but we're going to talk about this one to the best of our abilities, because if you've gotten this far, if you've gotten seven episodes in, I hope you guys enjoyed the one-week break that we had. Uh, th- there's not a lot to talk about in these first-season episodes. Uh, your, your viewers only have about like 20 more episodes where before like it gets the good stuff. Even less, man. First season's short. 22 episodes, we're seven... Deep already? They've got 15 more to go. I mean, we could just, like, state facts. Like, yeah, the date that it got aired, it's it's got, I think, like a 7 point something on 7.8 on IMDb. Well, no. So I have a couple notes. There's a few things noteworthy. Because there's two, not one, but two celebrity appearances in this. One who was a celebrity at the time and one who would become a celebrity later. And the one who became a celebrity later has a very important element to our friendship. So I actually like that this is the episode we're talking about. Um so the premise of this episode is that Corey is going to go fishing with Sean and his dad. And then Sean's dad's mom shows up and is like, cancel Not your plans. Or sorry, Corey's sorry, Corey's grandma. Corey's grandmother shows up and is like, cancel your plans for Sunday, Corey, which was the fishing trip. Uh, I'm going to take you to get this Cal Ripken rookie card signed. Uh, so then grandma doesn't show up to take him to get the Cal Ripken card signed. But it's too late, as Corey's dad has already left with Sean for the day. Meanwhile, Eric begins to hit on Mr. Feeney's next, uh, Mr. Feeney's niece, who is played by Carrie Russell, which we're going to get into a little bit more later. Um, now, Grandma is played by one of the Golden Girls, yes. which, like, the second she walks in the door is just this, oh, like, the crowd goes fucking gangbusters when she walks in. And um, she's never seen again, as far as I, I cannot recall. I don't even think that an actress replaced her. I literally do not believe that 
Corey's grandmother appears ever again in yeah, the entire Rue series. Yeah, Rue McClanahan. Yeah. Yeah, which I find hilarious because the whole premise of the show is like, oh, this is your grandma, and she's like kind of aloof, but like she'll make it up to you, and you're like, oh, man, we'll get a payoff later off. And no, 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 no payoff. She never comes back. The payoff is Corey realizing how expensive the rookie card is through Sean during the credits. Yeah, that's not really <laughs> like, a great payoff. No, like, so like these early episodes are kind of weird because it's like every episode feels like, well, I mean, every episode of Blame Me's World is pretty much Corey learns a life lesson, which is like every episode of every TGIF show, I guess. Yeah. But it's more apparent in Boy Meets World because we're like, step by step, there was like, there was like six kids there. Yeah. <laughs> they could just change who learns a life lesson. But yeah. It was Boy always Meets the World, same it, person. It's Corey every week. And like most of the time in these early episodes, like Eric is like this pivotal secondary plot device that like re-points to that life lesson, but not this time. No. This episode, Eric's storyline has zero to do with anything that's going on, except for the fact that Grandma takes him to get his arm signed by the Lamborghini girl. Yeah. Uh, I forget her name. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's like Gazelle something. No, it's not Gazelle. I'll think of it. In this. <laughs> um, but you do get to see a little bit of like Eric's uh, comedic timing when he lifts up the fertilizer and then Oh, that's the, that's the only line I wrote. Let me just effortlessly toss this over here now. Uh, I mean, so so you get that. Uh, Eric's storylines, even though they like always feed back to Corey, during this like first season, they're always these like flavor of the week girl. Yeah, it's never in the later seasons. Eric, as much as he becomes like a dumber and dumber character, he also becomes this character who recognizes Corey's inherent goodness and is always there to, like, be the good brother in the time of need to, like, guide him back to never losing focus on on Corey. And that's also weird because in this first season, the whole first season, Corey's kind of a dick. And it's not until, like, later seasons where he really becomes that, like, he is the character with the strongest moral compass and the only times he gets in trouble... Is because he's doing good by a friend. Like um, the other thing that I want to call out in this is, I just love. I'm sure it's been around for years, but the Lukukaracha horn horn honk always will get a smile on my face. That's the thing I thought of. Like I was like, I I want to be in the writers' room of season one of Blade Meets World because it's like, it's like, oh man, we need a subplot for Eric. Uh, he gets a girlfriend. Uh, Grandma comes. How are we going to announce it? Yo, guys. This is this is groundbreaking. She plays La Cucaracha on the car horn. Oh my god, it's never been done before. <laughs> I'm pretty sure even the Simpsons episode where Homer designed a car that played La Cucaracha was before this episode of Boy Meets World. I'll have to check the dates, but I feel like Simpsons did it first. Um, I don't know what season of Simpsons that is. But the person that I want to talk about... The person who, when I was watching this episode, because I was like, man, there's like nothing for us to talk about related to this particular episode. It's a very forgettable, lackluster episode. There's maybe one comedic moment. There's no real drama tied to it. It's a very disappointing episode. But I wouldn't say there's one comedic moment. There's like one comedic scene. Yeah. It's where Eric shows up because Mr. Feeney has a good couple lines in there too because it's always good to see mr feeney outside the classroom that's true that's true okay so that scene is like the only really successfully comedic moment and none of the drama really works in this particular episode but carrie russell 
We're going to go on a complete tangent this episode to talk about what I think of when I see Carrie Russell, and that is the movie that I consider one of the films that caused us to become friends eight days a week, and why it's a masterpiece, and why the people listening to Playing With Squirrels should check out the movie eight days a week, because it's a good chance that they've never seen it. I mean, you should just watch the trilogy, which isn't really a trilogy, but it's... <laughs> just the same movie three it's times. It's the same movie three times. <laughs> you watch eight days a week, you follow it with a hundred girls... And then you follow with 100 women, a.k.a. Girl Fever. One of them is yeah. called Girl Fever. Girl Fever is 100 women, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then uh, you don't have to watch Monster Man, but you should probably check out Shoot 'em Up because that one was also pretty fun, and then he never made a movie again. No, he just left. <laughs> he teaches film now I guess in New York. Like, I guess somebody in Hollywood was like, wait a second. This guy's making the same movie. Because <laughs> if you watch 100 Girls and 100 Women... He is literally making it's, the same exact It's movie. almost the same plot. <laughs> like it's um, So, eight days a week, I don't know how... I heard of the movie through you, because I was hanging out at your basement early on in our friendship, and you had gotten super excited because they had just announced that it was coming out on DVD. And I was like, I don't even know what that is. I don't understand why you're so excited. And you're like, dude, eight days, it's coming out on DVD. Like, And you kept talking about it. You're like, it's the 100 Girls guy. And I'm like... What the fuck's 100 Girls? And then you sat me down and forced me to watch 100 Girls. And then we drove to Best Buy and purchased eight days a week and then watched that immediately afterwards. Um, and both of those are like among my favorite films of all time now. Oh, they're so good. But uh, eight days a week, the premise actually could... You could make that movie with the cast of Boy Meets World and it would go pretty smoothly, actually. So I guess you, you, Corey would be... The kid hanging out outside the... Yeah. yeah, kid, and then his friend who humps watermelons, uh, spoiler alert, yeah. would be Sean. And then Mr. Feeney could be his grandpa who pees into uh, the flowers yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, to help him get the girl. And yeah. then Carrie Russell's Topanga. Yeah. But uh, it's it's the premise is that a guy has been in love with his next-door neighbor for years, and his grandfather convinces him... That if he stays outside of her window day and night as a pro- proclamation of his love, she will eventually fall in love with him as well. Um, but what the movie's really more about, to me, like that's that's definitely the driving force. But it's more about how bizarre the suburbs are, as he's forced to like see all of the things that happened around him throughout an entire summer, uh, and like finding the weird neighbors and all the weird things that happened that he may not have noticed prior when he was just kind of living his normal life. Yes. I, I was shaking my head, and then I was like, oh, wait. Yeah, these people can't hear me shaking my head. Yeah. But, yeah, that, that's, that's relatively what it's pretty much about. Yeah. Um, and a lot but of, Carrie a Russell's lot of, the love. It's, of, uh, it's one of her first films, and she's the love interest. And in then, it. like, So it's, it's the weirdness of suburbia, and then there's also a lot of, like, the the pop culture not like references but discussions which he does a whole lot of oh, yeah because they talk about James but who's the best James Bond and there's some and Star then, Trek talk I think and there's... then like these really weird like discussions of like what a man is because he talks about his dad like running after the ice cream truck in his underwear <laughs> and like but like in a hundred girls like that main character also talks about like learning how to become a man from his father who like kind of failed him as yeah. becoming a man. And that's also a hundred yeah. All three all three of these films, the, the writer of these movies, uh Mike Davis, I feel like has at least maybe not daddy issues, but definitely was disappointed at the man that his dad was. He also super liked hiring the guy that plays the boyfriend. Because he plays the boyfriend in 
eight days a week and a hundred girls, <laughs> and I have never seen him in anything else. He is not a good actor. He's just like, we need a machismo man. Uh, I know this kid from down the street. We'll hire him. So there's something else I need to mention. This was brought up very briefly on, uh, I want to say, episode four. Yes, episode four with Tommy Avalone. I just purchased something on DVD that you're going to be super excited about. I bought The Trojan oh, War on oh. DVD. What? That came out on DVD? <laughs> you can buy it through that Warner Brothers archive thing where they just burn you like a DV- like a professional DVD of the movie when you order it. It was like 10 bucks. It was worth every dollar. Oh, it's so good. That movie is amazing. Uh, and you heard us mention it on episode four, but you should absolutely check out The Trojan War starring Will Friedle and uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt. It is actually a ton of fun and then uh someone else oh, who's his friends it's um Hyde from that 70s show right uh my it's either Hyde, it's either i can never tell him and his brother apart it's either Hyde from that 70s show or the brother from Malcolm in the middle but they're from the same gene pool and, and his other best friend in that i'm trying to think of who his love interest is cuz she's like relatively marley shelton but what was she she was in um pleasantville pleasantville yeah Every the five uh, main Danny people. Masters, yeah, and who's the other friend? Scroll over because there's probably one other. His other friend is moderately Jason famous. Marsden. Yeah, it's his friend. It's his real life friend in Boy Meets World, and uh, and uh, he was on Step by Step. Also, for a bit. Lee Majors is in it. Yeah, <laughs> come on now. Yeah, it's a great movie. You should absolutely see it. Um, for a second, I thought you were going to say that you bought Ghost Rider because I was thinking about that today. <laughs> Like that TV show from 1992? I think your board game is still in the closet. <laughs> oh, okay. We're currently recording at the house that Jeff and I used to live at. Um, my It was my aunt's old house. My parents are refurbishing it to sell. And I need to take the picture of Juan down eventually. <laughs> but, um, we're sitting in a like half, half complete basement uh, doing this episode. Guys, I know that sometimes you come in for the Boy Meets World discussions, and and this one's going to disappoint you because again, there is nothing to talk about with Grandma was a Rolling Stone. But stick stick to these episodes. I've been hearing back from a bunch of you that you love the show, and I appreciate that to no end. And I promise you that come season two, you will be getting really good episodes. But just bear through the next fifteen, and and it's the sky's the limit after that. Did you know that that uh? Julia Stiles was on six episodes of Ghost Rider. <laughs> so, uh, side note, I was thinking about Ghost Rider because I was like, oh, this episode of Boy Meets World came out in 93. I was like, what year did, did Ghost Rider come out? And it was 1992. Yeah. But then I thought about, like, when I was when I was in elementary school, I was super into Ghost Rider. Yeah. And I was in love with, like, I think there was, like, a little Asian girl that was on Ghost Rider. Yeah. And, like, I was convinced that the girl across that, like, hit the bus across the street from where I took the bus. Everybody said that that was a girl from Ghost Rider. And I, I was driving over here, and I was like, I wonder if, like, nine-year-old me was just super racist and couldn't tell that, like, <laughs> was, like, thinking that, like, all little Asian girls look exactly the like. And I was just convinced that it was a girl, and she probably was not the girl... Probably did not look anything like I've the girl. I told people that you went to school with that girl. I did not. You told me no, it was so much sincerity. No, across the street. Oh. <laughs> did you ever look it up and find out? No, I don't know who, what her name is. <laughs> I'm sure it would at least say where she grew up if she did anything after that. I mean, half these people don't have pictures on IMDb. <laughs> How am I supposed to figure this out? Um. So, Jeff, I'll ask you the, the question that I ask everybody when they're the fir- their first time on the show, and it's, 
the one thing that you're guaranteed to get Boy Meets World discussion on a Boy Meets World podcast is what is your experiences with Boy Meets World? Like, when did you, what are your memories of watching it? Is there, is there a reason why this show over a lot of the other shows of your childhood is something that stuck with you and that you've rewatched as often as you have? Um, all right. Well, and side note, she went to Penn State, so I'm assuming that she did grow up in Pennsylvania. Because <laughs> I'm assuming that it's this person named Tram uh, Tran. Uh, oh, so how did I get it? I mean, the show came out in 1993. I was 10 years old. That's prime time TGIF. Yeah. So I pretty much like, I guess, what? how old would Corey and Sean been this episode? They about? would have been in sixth grade, so that's about right. Maybe yeah. a year older than you at the I most. think I would have been in like fourth or fifth grade. So yeah. pretty much like our ages crossed over. And so all the while, while, I like grew up as they grew up. So that's pretty much the main reason you would keep watching it. And then for me, like every time I saw it, like I just related a lot to it and I feel like, like every time he learned a life lesson, I was like, man, that has to do so much with my life. <laughs> and it probably did not. But at the same time, like, all right, I was his age. I had like one really close friend. Like, and I was thinking about that driving over. Like, when I go back and I rewatch it, I'm like, man, this is so unrealistic. Corey would have more than one friend. And I was like, no, growing up, I pretty much had like one close friend that I hung out with every day. Yeah. And that's about it. When they're in school in the first season, there's like one or two other kids that are like sit at his cafeteria table, but he yeah. only really hangs out with Sean yeah. like 90% of yeah. the time. So, yeah, I grew up at the same time. I had an older brother who was three years older than me, just like Corey and, and Eric. Um, we live in Philadelphia. Yeah. So, like, that's completely relatable, even though I call bullshit on the fact that that is not Philadelphia. Yeah. I work in Philly. I live outside of Philly. That doesn't even look like the suburbs of Philly. <laughs> that would be like, I don't know where these people are listening from, but that would be like they grew up in like Doylestown. Yeah. I do like um, the random, like, it always is exciting when they're talking about something in Philadelphia and you're like, yeah, that's there. Like when the dad was like, yeah, you know, I was supposed to go to the Franklin Institute of Science with my class. And I'm like, hey! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think that always like pulls you back in when they make these because they always, constantly, especially in the earlier seasons, make reference to like the Phillies, yeah. the Eagles, places in Philadelphia, and you're like, hey, I know those things. <laughs> it's like right now whenever I watch the Goldbergs. Anytime that they mention anything that's tied... There was an episode of the Goldbergs when he's like, I need you to drive me to the McDade Mall. And I was like, yeah! <laughs> like, <laughs> said no one ever after like 1990. <laughs> uh, so yeah, and then like, I don't know, like when... So I fell out of it. I watched it all growing up. And then, like, after college, there was a couple of years I probably didn't watch it. And then when I was 24, 20, well, I was younger than 24. It's probably, like, 22 when I worked at the hoagie shop. Yeah. They would play it from, like, 3 to 4 <laughs> and then from 5 to 6. And from 3 to 4 in a hoagie shop, like, you are not busy. Yeah. So I would just put on Disney Channel and watch that shit for an hour straight and re-fell in love with it. And it just held up. Because I remember that was like a go-to show when we lived. When we first started living together in different houses. Like, that was always, it was like, oh, it's time for Boy Meets World. Like, and also, I think they would replay it at like 11 to like midnight. And then you would, you, they would air Bug Juice. 
And me and Eric would always watch that. Uh, preteen melodrama is the best melodrama. Um, so do you still think that, I mean, obviously this was not a good example of the show, but do you still find that, I find that it weirdly still holds up as a show in general. Not really the first season, but the later seasons hold up really well still. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, it doesn't really have as many, like, parallels to my life now, like, in hindsight. Like, I, uh, spoiler alert, I did not meet the love of my life in fifth grade. No. I've had, I have a friend who pretty much did. I mean, Anthony, for the most part, yeah. met the love of his life yeah. in, in high school. Um, and I guess everybody kind of knows that one person that, like, they had. Met that girl. Yeah. And it was, yeah. But it's um, so rare. Yeah. But there's, like. Yeah, there's still those episodes that like have resonance. Like you, uh, I'm not a looker, <laughs> but like the episode like where Corey had to choose between Topanga and uh, Mountain Girl. Uh, that's a tough episode. Yeah, like that that had some parallels to my life when I, at one point, had two women that were attracted to me. Surprisingly, yeah, you had to you that had to, one time in my yeah, life. You had to do a coin toss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I make all my decisions. Uh, and I guess the last question for you is, do you have a end-all, be-all favorite Boy Meets World moment? Yeah, it's underpants. <laughs> I made a t-shirt based on it. <laughs> it a... Speaking of that, is there anywhere that people can go to find t-shirt designs that you, you do? I mean, you work at a paint store, but on the side you do t-shirt designs, which... It's pretty cool and notable. It's not something that everybody's doing. Where, where can people find most of your t-shirt designs? Uh, they're on Redbubble under uh, Dork Since 83. Uh, sometimes I'll print it like Ripped or T-Fury or the Yeti. But since I got a new computer, I haven't gotten the design program back. So I haven't made any new ones in a while. All right. Well, thank you, Jeff. I'm sure you'll be back in later seasons. Yeah, hopefully I'll talk about something better than... Grandma got run, was a rolling stone. Grandma got ran over by a stone. Yes. <laughs> All right, we'll be back. Uh, I think there is another episode next week. It's We're hitting the point now where we've got 15 more episodes, but they stretch out over about seven months. So episodes are going to be really sporadic, but they will come out on the day that the episode aired as promised. I didn't have anything else to do because Grandma didn't show up. I've been there. Wait a minute, she did this to you? Hey, pick a category. Uh, you like sports? Uh, birthdays? You like rocket ships? I'll take rocket ships. All right. Um, one day, my class was supposed to go on this field trip to the Franklin Museum of Science, see the man in space exhibit. Cool. Yeah, it would have been. So the grandma forgot to return the permission slip, so I didn't get to go. I've been there. Yeah, me too, and I felt just the way you're feeling now. Did you hate her? Well, no, it's kind of hard to hate her, Corey, you know, because a couple of months later, she woke me up in the middle of the night, she bundles me up, she throws me in the Winnebago. We drive for two days and two nights. Where'd she take you? Cape Canaveral. Mercury 3, first American in space. <laughs> My classmates are back in Philadelphia looking at a little black and white TV, you know. I'm there feeling the heat from the rocket on my face. Grandma took you all the way to Cape Canaveral? See, Grandma doesn't show love like other people do, but she loves you no matter what you think. She just shows love in her own way. And when she's with you, 
She wants it to be so special that you'll always remember. I always do remember. Yeah, so do I. When that rocket took off and the smile on my face was a mile wide and all America was watching their little TV set, I remember that my mother was watching me.